Welcome to Work Your Way Up, a podcast channel for everyone thriving and striving to climb up the corporate ladder. You'll hear about the wins, challenges, what ifs, and could have beens of people coming from different career paths. Join Angel as she shares insights from guests and from her own corporate adventure. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, let's get started. Wars are not won by fighting battles. Wars are won by choosing battles. George Patton. A beautiful lesson can be learned from a renowned architect in 1670s, and his name was Sir Christopher Wren. Now, I'm not sure if you've heard about him, but I've read his story, I guess, two years ago. And the very time that I've heard about the clever act he did in proving his point without engaging into an argument with his boss was something that really inspired me, that convinced me that there are indeed clever and strategic ways to prove your point without having to damage the relationship you have with your boss. And I've mentioned in my previous episode how important it is for each one of us as empowered followers to protect our relationship with our boss because... Our boss is the very person who could give us everything that we need to climb up the corporate ladder. Our boss is the one who could give us access to information, resources, trainings, and everything that we need to climb up. So that is the reason why we're working on protecting that relationship. Anyway, going back to the story, Ren is best remembered as an architect in his time. But he also excelled in other branches of science. He was perhaps the most accomplished man of his time. While at Oxford, he ranked high in his knowledge of anatomy, which is really amazing. And his abilities as a demonstrator in that subject were acknowledged with praise. Wren also is said to have been the pioneer in the physiological experiments of injecting various liquids into the veins of living animals. So in spite of being a highly intellectual man with expertise expanding through different fields like mathematics, astronomy, physics, and physiology, Wren is also very famous for something else. And that is the fact that Wren never did, not even once, argue or offend. He has never argued or even tried to offend someone. He always had other interesting and clever ways of proving his point. Now imagine a very highly intellectual man who engages in a discussion with someone and if that person has an opposing idea, despite his expertise on different fields, he doesn't really argue with them. He proves his point in a different way, in a very, very clever way. So one famous clever act he did of proving his point happened during the construction of Guildhall. So the erection of Guildhall in London began in 1687 and then it was taken over by Sir Christopher Wren. The new building was supported by stone columns like its predecessors. During construction, the mayor to whom Wren was reporting to was worried with the design of the building. For him, it looked unsafe. The mayor without any knowledge in architecture, just look at the design of the building and thought, this doesn't look safe. 
What the mayor did was he asked Ren to insert two additional columns to support the weight of the heavy building above. Ren, being the architect and being the expert in that field, did not believe the additional columns were necessary. That's the reason why in the first place it wasn't designed like that. And then you could try to imagine, fill in the gap, where there could be an exchange of words that transpired after that. But for sure, it wasn't an argument, just an exchange of opposing ideas. However, despite being the expert in his field, eventually, Ren obliged and put up two additional columns as requested by the mayor. The mayor was happy seeing the number of columns he desired. He felt safe. And by now, you would have thought, Okay, so Ren just gave in. Nope, he didn't. A few years after, the people working in the building, the maintenance team, discovered something. So the two additional columns were stopped short of the ceiling. They discovered a small gap between the columns and the ceiling. It looks like it's not supporting the building at all. What they discovered was that those two additional columns were, in fact, dummy columns. They're not real. They're not supporting the building at all. But the mayor can no longer question whether the building is safe or not as it has already stood the test of time. Ren, on the other hand, without engaging in an argument, has unarguably proven his point that the two columns were definitely not necessary. What can we learn from this? I think the lesson is very obvious, right? That there are so many ways for us to prove our points without having to engage in an argument with a boss, without having to resort to humiliation or calling names or screaming or engaging in a heated discussion. There are so many strategic ways for us to make the boss realize that our idea actually works. So in today's episode, we will talk about how empowered followers like you and me can win an argument without arguing. Hi everyone, it's Angel here. Welcome to Work Your Way Up. Before we dissect today's episode, let me just extend my warmest gratitude to everyone who has followed or subscribed to this podcast channel from all different podcast platforms. And also my warmest Thank you to everyone who has forwarded to me their feedback, their review uh, about the previous episodes that I have released. Thank you so much for the good reviews and also for the reviews to further improve this podcast. Anyway, back to the topic today. Are you excited for today's episode? Because personally, I am. I feel that this topic is very relatable to each one of us. But before we start... Let me ask you a few questions. I'll put in some seconds in between each question so you can think of your own answers to yourself. Okay, first question. How many times in a day do you engage in an argument or heated discussion or debate with your boss on matters where your ideas contradict? Second question. How many times has the said act drained your energy? And the last question. How much damage has it inflicted to your leader-to-follower relationship? Now, what I want to happen is I want you to hold on to those answers 
keep them in mind and reflect on them as we go through this episode and let me know what you think and how you feel after listening to this episode. All right? Okay, so I know a lot of us could relate to this topic one way or another. For sure, at some point in our lives, we all have argued with someone, be it with a friend, a classmate, or a colleague. We can't help it but have, of course, different views and principles because we grew up in different environments and we believe in different values. I'm sure that at some point, we also have engaged in an argument with a boss in the years that we have all been working. Whenever we engage in an argument with a boss, it's usually because of an emotional outburst. If you have never engaged in such heated discussion with any of your current or past bosses, it could mean two things, okay? So you either just submitted to the authority of the boss or you know exactly how to deal with it. If it's the latter, as in you know how to deal with it, then I'd commend you for it. I know that it takes so much emotional management and I'm happy to know that you've mastered it. Congratulations, that's really a job well done. But if what you're doing is the prior, which is you just submit right away to the authority of the boss, then continue listening because I will share with you a better way for you to handle everything. For others who are struggling or have struggled like me in managing their emotions every time there is a heated discussion with a boss, I know we can all relate to the cringy feeling we get as soon as the discussion is over, you know? We forget about everything while our emotion is so high, but then after that, once everything has calmed down and then we realize that we just engage in an argument with a boss, we feel a certain cringe, right? Like, how come I allowed myself to argue with a boss? The cringe could be worse, especially if you've uttered any unnecessary side comment. You know, a bit of swearing like, F this job or F you, oh my goodness. Or emotional meltdown with shaking voice like, you're a terrible leader, you don't know how to manage people. Oh my goodness, these lines give me chills. Not because it's not okay to feel, since we can't keep ourselves from feeling as it's part of human nature. But the moment that we allow our emotions to take over us, we lose control of ourselves. And when we talk about managing bosses, being in control of ourselves is very important. It's a human nature to be protective of what we have, what we think, and what we believe in. Anything we believe in has some sort of emotional string attached to us. For example, if we believe that iPhones are superior phones over any Android phones out there, every time you see or hear anyone disagreeing to that, some sort of tension sparks within us. This tension occurs because the disagreement feels like a personal attack to our own belief. When someone disagrees with what we believe in, we feel that they are questioning our capability to discern, to think, or to assess. It kind of feels like an attack to our intelligence, or in other cases, an attack to our character or principles. We know that every time we believe in something, we have not just blindly believed in it. We knew that we've used our own knowledge. So going back to the iPhone example, we knew that when we say iPhones are better, that's based on our own experience and knowledge. The attachment we have with these statements or principles is what causes the tension in us to spark. 
it is what fuels us to speak up. In most cases, though, it's easier to step away from any further tensions on scenarios like this if it's with strangers or some random friends. For a number of reasons, like you don't know the person well enough so you might think that you're just wasting your time, or you may not be meeting that person ever again so no point to convince him otherwise. It's a bit different inside the workplace. More so with the boss. Inside the workplace, we're hired because we are considered experts of our own scope of work. We know the ins and outs of it. We live for the fact that we're getting paid because of our knowledge in that area and the value that we bring to the company. In turn, we expect the boss to have this ingrained in their minds, like they always have to think about it and to always remember it. If the boss has a different experience than us, say the boss is in production and we're in marketing, then we expect the boss to always listen and consider our opinion on matters concerning the scope of our work because obviously, we're the one expert in our own field, which as I mentioned earlier, as an example, marketing. Or if the boss is within the same field as us, say in the marketing space, then we expect him or her to know better, given that he's the boss, so presumably he's more experienced and well-versed. With these thoughts in mind, we find it appalling when we see the boss making questionable decisions. Even more appalling when we hear the boss questioning our own expert opinion when he's not even experienced in our field. So you can recall what happened with Ren and the mayor. Going back to that story, considering that Ren was the one expert in architecture and building design, it would have been appalling for him to be questioned by someone without knowledge in architecture, even if he was the mayor. He may be good with governance, but when it comes to building safety, Ren obviously knows better. During questioning, we feel that the boss is not only questioning the output or the process, but our own knowledge as well. This is why it feels like a personal attack, which then triggers the emotional outburst. But this cycle has to stop. Ordinary or weak followers usually opt for the two most common reaction every time the boss questions their recommendation. Submit or dominate. Submit or submission is when someone just completely agrees to how the boss wants things to get done without even expressing his own opinion or without even trying to express his own opinion. By doing this, yes, you may have avoided damaging your relationship with the boss. Yes, you may have saved yourself from negative energy that comes with arguing, but you've created a much bigger problem for yourself in the long run. There are possibly three consequential problems with complete submission. First is, you might be compromising quality of the overall output of the task or project. If you are the expert in the space or if you're confident with what you know but just keep it to yourself, you could be responsible in a mediocre product or service of your company. And when the output is mediocre, it could boomerang to you. The boss and your colleagues could say, you're the one expert in this area, why didn't you speak up? Do you really know what you're doing? And if it goes on, it could have a tremendous negative effect in your morale as a person. You might start to believe that you're not really good in your craft, 
without realizing that the root cause was that you just simply did not speak up. On the flip side, if you just suddenly become aggressive and try to dominate the conversation, every time the boss thinks differently from your opinion, you are creating an even bigger problem for yourself. In fact, you did not save yourself from anything. By just dominating the conversation, you risk ruining your relationship with the boss and your reputation in the office. You might even risk any potential promotion or bigger opportunity because most bosses, they hate drama. I mean, I know sometimes they create their own drama, but most of them hate it. There's too much already on their plate that they just prefer everything to get done and just do away with dramas. If you show aggressiveness or dominance to anyone opposing your idea, you're stripping yourself any opportunity of working on other projects because the boss would think you do not know how to collaborate. Worse is, if your recommendation fails, guess what? You are on your own. Your colleagues won't be there. Your boss won't be there to help you. You have to pick up yourself and resolve things on your own. Why? Because you have engaged in a heated discussion with everyone. You have basically made everyone an enemy. And you've tarnished your relationship with your colleagues and your boss. What I want to happen is, moving forward, every time there is a clash in opinion... You can instead follow this proven technique that I always use, personally use at work every time my client or my boss and I have opposing ideas. So it's an acronym and it's called SO, as in S-O-W. Share your opinion, object and compromise, wait for the right time. So first off, share your opinion. If your opinion contradicts with your boss, do not be afraid to voice it out in a nice way. You can use phrases like, I wonder if, I think, or there was a time when, or my favorite technique in sharing my idea is storytelling. And this really works. It's basically sharing your opinion based on previous experience. Like for example, I remember working in a similar project from my previous job. I recommended for them to do this and that, and it worked. Suddenly, you're actually giving the idea to them on what they have to do without telling them exactly that that's what they have to do. You're sharing it to them as a story. And so because you have succeeded in your previous experience, there is a bigger chance that they would agree with you. You can also try this technique where you always end your statement with, what do you think? Or your thoughts? Or how does that sound? When you share your opinion, obviously, you are making it known that you have a different recommendation in mind. You have a different stand. When you use similar phrases I shared with you, you make your statements less provoking and your boss, who is the receiver, will be less defensive. So he will be more open to your ideas and suggestions. However, when the boss insists for what he thinks, clearly state your objection. So that is now the O in the acronym S-O-W. Object and compromise. You can say something like, I think otherwise, or I'm not sure I'm confident with that, or respectfully, I don't agree with it. When you object, you are emphasizing your stand. Earlier, you were sharing your opinion, right? Now, if the boss insists what he wants, which is opposite to what you recommend, then you just have to clarify that you 
are not on the same page. You are not on the same ground. You can then support this objection with more examples or stories. If you feel that the boss is so certain with what he wants, even if you are the expert in the field, you compromise. This is now the time that you just say yes. You might think, isn't that submission, Angel? Nope, it's not submission. It's called strategy for a reason because something is happening in the back end here. When the boss is very certain with what he wants, at the end of the day, is there really anything else we can do? Nah, I don't think so. So we say yes and carry on with what the boss wants. Remember Rand's story? He did the same thing too, right? He expressed disagreement and then eventually said yes to the mayor's request. At least that's how he made it appear. As for your case, you're saying yes for now. The last letter in the acronym W now comes in, which is wait for the right time. Come the revelation of the output or product, if things did not go as planned because your boss insisted what he wanted, the moment that you have to rework the task or project, you can gently remind the boss of your stand or your recommendation. You can say something like, maybe we can try the approach I suggested last time. It might work. Or remember my suggestion last time, boss? Do you think we can try it? What's happening now is that you are making the boss feel comfortable to collaborate with you even if you have opposing ideas because he knows that you do not cause any drama. The boss would also feel confident that if you have something different in mind, you will speak up and share it diplomatically. Lastly, when things go ugly, the boss knows that you are the type of person who doesn't play the blame game. Rather, just get on with the solution. The more you practice SOW in every discussion where you and your boss have opposing ideas, the more you're giving the boss reasons to build his confidence and trust towards you. The confidence piles up until one day, he will just allow you to do whatever you think is appropriate. So the next time you are tempted to engage in an argument with the boss, remember the word so, S-O-W. Share your opinion, object and compromise, and wait for the right time. To wrap up today's discussion, the ability to prove your point minus all the negative energy and emotions of arguing is something that empowered followers like you and I must strive to master. As empowered followers, we need to position ourselves as someone who's able to collaborate, confident to voice out opinions, and solutions-oriented. I hope you find this episode insightful. Next week, I'm cooking an equally interesting episode as we practice objectively assessing the common types of leaders by discussing their individual pros and cons. Do you know that having a very nice leader has a disadvantage? Uh-huh, you heard it right. Next week, we will talk more about that. Thank you for tuning in today. If you liked today's episode, feel free to take a photo or a screenshot of this episode from whatever platform you're listening from and tag me. See you all next time.